Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you with someone I'm very excited to bring back onto the show and onto the network, I should say. Um, But first, of course, we have uh, our little section from my book, everyday awakening and uh i uh let's just i can't wait to get to my guest so uh i'm just going to dive right in and so this section and it's actually the first section of the third part of the book um that's all about uh organization integrity energy things like that and this section is called trusting ourselves is where all empowerment begins Trusting ourselves is one of the greatest challenges, especially if we are conscientious, because we know all the things we have done wrong in the past, because we were actually aware of all our impure motivations, and because we are keenly sensitive to all the harsh judgments we have witnessed our whole lives, trusting in oneself may be hard to come by. Can we trust ourselves enough not to second guess our choices? Can we trust ourselves enough to know that our intentions are good, if not pure? Can we trust ourselves enough to believe in our dreams, even when no one else does? Can we trust ourselves enough to keep going when everything seems to be against us? Trust is built slowly, one baby step at a time. First, let's start by tr- with trusting ourselves that we are showing up the best that we can. Then let's trust ourselves to walk the path in front of us, first slowly, then trusting that we can pick up the pace. Then how about we learn to trust not only our choices and our decisions, but our ideas, our connections, and our leadership as well. We can build trust in ourselves if we are willing to start small, count every little victory, and then keep our focus on all the things we do right. Repeat after me, I trust myself. Uh, This is a wonderful little section that I wrote. Um, And and it kind of was a culmination of different things that I've experienced and heard over the years. And a long, long time ago, I remember somebody telling me that the truly conscientious person will never appear as confident as somebody who's not quite as conscientious. Because the conscientious person, we just naturally, we we are so keenly aware of our missteps, of our mistakes, of the oh, it was the right thing, but maybe I did it for the wrong reason, or, oh, you know, I did this, and it just didn't turn out right. You know, when we're really conscientious, because we want to do a good job so badly, we're so aware of all the things we didn't do perfectly. Whereas the narcissist thinks everything is perfect and never second guesses themselves, never looks at their stuff. And so they just keep going and they appear so much more confident, but it's a false confidence. And so I know for myself, sometimes it's really hard to trust yourself when you know you've made such bad decisions in the past. And really the key is there are, there are always two sides to every story. There, there's always two parts to it. And it's really about which part are we focusing on? Are we focusing on the things we didn't do so well, or are we focusing on the things we did well? And when we focus on the things we do well, then we feel a little bit better. Now, now this is not to say like we should ignore our mistakes. We learn so much more from our mistakes than we do sometimes from our successes. It's about not judging ourselves for the mistakes. It's about allowing ourselves to be human and know that, oops, I made a mistake. I'm a conscious, I'm aware of it, and I will do better next time. 
And when we just keep repeating that, I'll do better next time, I'll do better next time, and being aware and adding that in, it's about building that trust in ourselves slowly, one step at a time, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Because we don't go from like not trusting ourselves very much to completely trusting ourselves overnight. It just doesn't work that way. And if we do do that, it's such a manic jump. We're very likely it's not built on a solid foundation and, and we're going to fall back down and crash when the next thing happens. It didn't work out the way we thought. So trust is something that's built slowly, that's earned over time. And that's okay. We just so times we're so eager and we're so wanting to like do things so quickly that we're just pushing forward and, 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 and we're like just rushing into it and, and we don't give ourselves the time to, to just allow the natural evolution, the natural process. I mean, just look at nature. A, a tree doesn't sprout overnight. It goes through the seasons, year after year after year. So again, it's about learning to trust ourselves. Just a little piece at a time, little piece at a time, little piece at a time. And then recognizing, hey, I did this well. Hey, I did that well. Hey, yeah, there is a little reason. I mean, when, when coaching clients come to me, usually one of the first exercises I give them is to keep a victory log. End of every day, jot down what are five things you did that, that were just victories. And, and I always say the key to it is don't be such a harsh critic. Like little things can be a victory. Smiling at a stranger, getting your laundry done, cleaning the dishes, whatever it is, just little victory by little victory. And slowly but surely, the more that we do that, like doing that for 90 days straight is awesome. But the more that we do that, it just builds up that, that trust in our bodies, that trust in our nervous system that, hey, yeah, I can do some good stuff. Yeah, I can do better. Yeah, I'm doing more. And over time, it, it really empowers us. So trusting ourselves is where all empowerment begins. That's the name of the section. I hope you liked it. And um, if, if you did and, and you haven't picked up the book yet, which I can't imagine you haven't picked up the book yet, but just in case you haven't, you can just go to www.everydayawakeningbook.com and it'll take you right to the listing on Amazon. And hey, if you don't like Amazon and you, you want to get it at a different bookseller, you can get it from uh, any independent bookseller. You may have to ask them to order it, but we're in a major distributor, so anybody can get it. Wonderful. Okay. I am super, super thrilled because I get to introduce to you an amazing person. Um, and a, a wonderful human being and someone who I've known for quite a long time because she, in the past, she actually used to do her own show here on talkradio.nyc. So let me introduce you, Carol Ward, who is a licensed clinical social worker. And you guys know my wife is one. So like LCSWs always have a special place in my heart. <laughs> um, and she's an award-winning speaker, author, and confidence expert. As a confidence-building coach, and a trained therapist, Carol is committed to helping others find their inner confidence. Using a powerful mind-body approach, Carol brings psychological insight to her work as a coach and a speaker. With her warm conversational style, she's able to help audiences understand what they need, what they do, uh, why they do what they do, excuse me, and then give them the concrete tools they need to change things. Carol has appeared on psychological confidence and as a, as a psychological confidence and communication expert on CNN, the Wall Street Journal Live, NBC, ABC, Fox News, along with numerous podcasts and radio programs. She has a master's degree in clinical social work and a BA in psychology and communications. And she is the author of two best-selling books, Worried Sick, Break Free from Chronic Worry to Achieve Mental and Physical Health, and Find Your Inner Voice, Using Instinct and Intuition Through the Mind-Body Connection. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, and welcome back on the station, Carol. Oh, Sam, it's great to be here. And I was thinking, you know, when you were reading that first section, you literally and figuratively capture many, many of my beliefs 
I believe so many of those steps that you talk about and that that piece about self-acceptance. So I know we are starting off in sync today. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's so funny. I'm, I'm really, I'm just going through these sections one at a time in order. And it's just so funny how it just, it always perfectly matches to whoever my guest is and whatever the topic has to be that day. Um, so yeah, I, I, and when I saw what it was, I was like, mm, yeah, this is a perfect one for Carol. <laughs> Awesome. So, you know, Carol, in the beginning of my show, I always like to give the audience like a little bit of background just to give some context. Um, and so I'm just wondering, maybe you can explain to our audience, what was it that um, sort of why you decided to study psychology, become a social worker and a therapist? Like, what was it about, you know, the, the social sciences that kind of drew you to it? Well, you know, I think that most people who go, this is this is an assumption, but I think that most people who go into the healing professions are trying to heal something within themselves. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, childhood traumas or, you know, things that they've experienced later on as an adult. And for me, I think I went into the, the profession, I've thought about this a long time to, to get a degree as a social mm-hmm. worker was I grew up, my dad was in the military, and I moved around quite a bit. And there was Mm -hmm. always this thing that I had to do, which is to meet new people and try to understand who they were and how I could fit in. So when you move around a lot, I don't know if you've ever had that background or known people, you become an observer. You become an observer. And I think that becoming an observer allows you to see what makes people tick both positively and sometimes negatively Mm. because you have to, you have to find your way. So I think Mm. way back when that laid the, the foundation. And then I just always continued to like people and found them fascinating. And that led me on this path. You know, I've heard it said that, um, and and I personally, I've lived very few places in my life, but I've known many people who like moved around a lot and, and, and who've lived many different places. And I've heard it said that when, especially as a child, like your home changes many times, you sort of lose this sense of stability, which can affect your confidence, right? So yes. it, it, it actually, I think, then is is maybe not quite so surprising that you end up becoming a confidence expert because am I, am I incorrect? And am I guessing that maybe that was a little bit of a challenge for you when you're younger? I think so though. I think there's two. I also think it it depends on your personality. Some people go outward and they say, okay, I'm going to connect. And some people pull inward and I Mm. went outward. I wanted to connect with people. I was willing to take the chance I had certainly was shy and I had my stuff, my emotional stuff, but I've known other people who really contracted and became quite that, that phrase, a loner, they pulled Mm -hmm. in, whereas I was always part of a group and interested in a group. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question more directly, yes, I do think that I've had to work on creating a sense of inner security, which Mm -hmm. then allows me, has allowed me to become more confident. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, good. So I think we're setting a nice uh, foundation here. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, let's really dive in about why this sort of area of confidence you're focusing on today. And maybe let's let's start off right off the bat. Like, what have you seen over the last year and a half, like since this whole pandemic and everything, like, what are the things that people are dealing with today that um, affect their confidence, that uh, it would help us to be more mindful of and more aware of like what's going on inside of us to help us with what's coming next. Cause who knows what's coming next, right? That's right. Great <laughs> so place to start. Wonderful. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 PM Eastern right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook on Facebook live. And we will be right back with Carol Ward after these messages. 
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. To the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with confidence expert Carol Ward. Um, so, Carol, as I mentioned before, I, I really like to focus on just to make it relevant to our audience. And I just want to apologize to the, my friends on Facebook. Um, I'm sure my loyal listeners are checking in, Patty and Sanaya and William, but um, we're pre-recorded today's show because I'm actually not here today. I'm, I'm uh, down at a retreat. But um, I, I do hope you're, you're tuning in and, and enjoying the show. Um, so I'd like to give context to, you know, what's been going on in the last year, year and a half, two years, because the world really is different, or at least it feels different to most people, doesn't it? It is. It is. And I think that what most people are struggling with, I mean, there's many things, but the sense of such an insular way of operating I have felt, you know, I thought I was, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'll get through this pandemic. But even now I've noticed as we are emerging, mm -hmm. I find that I've fallen into the habit of being very insular. So going mm -hmm. out into the world has been more of an effort than I realized. So that's one thing that people are struggling with a re-entry I'm not just talking about work, whether you should work at home or go to the office because we're all different, but reconnecting to the energy outside of your home, wherever that is. Yeah. So that's yeah. one thing. Oh, completely. And it's interesting you say that because both me and my wife kind of noticed the same thing because, again, we took our businesses, went, made them completely virtual. Things really did well. We were busy. We thought, oh, this is good. The business is good. But we didn't realize like the the underlying stress of it, and then like just not not being with people and not traveling and not going out, and then suddenly you start to go out, and it's like there's still this little unconscious nervousness that you never used to have. Absolutely, and and that's another thing that I've I've written about recently, which is all that stress. And you know, I'm a big body mind person. That's the whole, that's the training, my, my psychological training. Besides being a clinical social worker, I'm a somatically trained therapist, mm -hmm. body focused. Mm -hmm. What people are experiencing now is that all of that stress and all of those emotions got tucked away in order to 
make the adjustment to working at home and taking care of kids and and setting up businesses at home. But those emotions didn't go away. And now what I've seen, and it's been written about all over the place, as people go back out into the world, you're seeing emotional meltdowns. Mm. You're seeing people overreact to being asked to wait, to someone stepping in front of them, to an airline person saying, could you please put on your mask? And there's this explosion of feeling from my perspective, my psychological perspective, that goes way beyond the situation. Right, right. Right? It's, It's all of those feelings that got pushed to the side that now as we start to move and interact, the body's really smart. It's like, oh, yeah. there's an opening here. Yeah. Let's release these emotions. And that's why there are these big, big meltdowns and and deep, deep feelings coming up as things are getting better, which can confuse you. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It's kind of like like people have, the, the water's been boiling underneath the surface. And then any little thing, and boom, there's an explosion. The steam all comes out. And like I've seen it. Um, just walking on the sidewalks of Manhattan where somebody passes somebody and they, 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 they either brushed into them or too close or something, you know, something happened and, and the other person starts yelling at the person, you know, where in the past it would be just like, excuse you, you know, eh, you know, and exactly. brush it off and no big deal. But now it's like people just blow up at the drop of a hat. It's true. I I'm in Manhattan as well. And I, I, found myself I I was got out of my neighborhood which was a big deal I was like okay I'm gonna meet someone for lunch and I took the bus uptown I happened to like the bus I like to look out at things yeah me too and there was someone behind me I'm sitting and who's starting to get very agitated at the driver oh Mm. he's going so slowly he's doing it on purpose do you see what he's doing now he's getting agitated and I'm starting, my nervous system is starting to react. So he's yelling and I want to turn around and say, it's not the driver's fault, like this whole thing. And I thought, because I, I had just written about it that particular week. This is not your battle to get into, Carol. Step back, calm down, consciously calm down and let this go. This has nothing to do with the driver. And so I had to. That's what that's what I'm experiencing. We see it, then we're affected, then we take it out on other people. Again, because we are particularly sensitive right now, we're right. just unused to our own nervous systems, so to speak. Right, right. And, and again, as you mentioned before, like this being insulated from things. I mean, in, in many ways, you know, we were all at home, we were kind of cocooned. I mean, those of us that weren't essential workers and didn't have to go out, we were able to do it. And, and now I, I, I keep hearing studies about like businesses that want the workers to come back in the office. And many people don't want to come back in the office, or if they are coming back, they're coming back just one day a week or two days a week. And many people I know moved because they're like, oh, I can do my job virtually now. I can do it from anywhere. I don't have to be here in New York. And so again, it's like they're in who knows, Florida, Hawaii, California, you know, wherever. And and now they they we physically can't have that connection because all of a sudden we've gotten used to the fact, like those that can anyway, that that we can work virtually. It's so true. But here's an interesting thing. I don't know if you've experienced this. So there was this great reaction, understandably, Mm -hmm. out of fear of people fleeing familiar territory. Right. And for some, it was the greatest decision in the world. But for Mm -hmm. others, they are now missing their familiar territory, Mm -hmm. which adds to stress. They think, oh, great. I'm I'm now out of wherever they were, an urban environment or the suburbs or whatever. Mm -hmm. I found this great piece of land and I'm going to live off the land and work from home. Mm -hmm. And then there's another kind of adjustment that occurs of I've lost my network. I have them online, but I've lost my familiar community. So I've talked to people who are experiencing, for those of listeners who who are old enough, a kind of a green acres reaction that television show green acres where the couple moves out of new york city and then they buy a farm and everything goes wrong to comic effect but they're experiencing that and 
I think people are are trying to find where they belong and mm. and who they want to connect to and what they want to do. So things are still very, very much in flux. And that's what I see people dealing with. It wasn't like, I'm going to pluck myself up. I'm going to go yeah. here and all is well. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I find like the, the sort of two things I see going on at the same time. There are some people who've moved out and even if they're not staying where they initially moved to, they move to like a more natural environment surrounded by nature and they just love it. And they like, just want to be around nature. And so they're looking for a place to live. That's more nature. And then like a few weeks ago, I was in a, a ceremony and I saw an old friend I hadn't seen for like two, two and a half years. And he moved upstate and he's an artist and he's got like a big house, a barn. He's got all his artwork up there now. And I said, how does, it, how does it feel up there? You must really like it. He goes, I do like it. He said, but you know, the truth is I feel isolated. Mm. Yeah. Because all his friends are down in the city, those that are still here or other places. And, and so he can, yeah, he can connect to them virtually, but it's not the same as being in the presence of people, you know, and, yeah. and it feels like people are really starting now to thirst for that in-person connection. Absolutely. So you have these ripples, right? These ripples of change. I change this and yet there's still more change going on to the original right. change. Right. And that, that stresses people out. And then the other thing, and I'm not going to jump into this topic deeply of, you know, right. why is there such animosity mm. is that psychologically yeah. speaking, often certain areas, the vaccine, the economy, a political party becomes a symbol for unresolved issues that have been ongoing for a long time. Yeah. Okay. So everything gets focused on that issues and there are legitimate, <sighs> legitimate aspects to each of those issues, right, but right. that huge, it's like those emotions that get tucked aside, the huge repression of feelings or suppression mm. of people's right to be who they are the lid is off and all mm. of it is pouring out now mm. so it's not such it's not so easy or it's too simplistic sam to actually think that people should be one way or another mm. when yeah. there's all of these deeper feelings that have been unleashed and need to run their course in a way mm. yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that could be a whole nother show in and of itself, yes. <laughs> that topic. Um, but I do, we just have a couple of minutes before break. I just want to uh, get into now, sort of, we talked about sort of the stress of the environment and the stress of what we're dealing with. How does that stress affect our confidence? Because this is something that you've really looked at a lot and you've really studied a lot. And so let's just lay the foundation. Let's just, just touch upon it. And then when we come back from break, we'll, we'll get more deeply into it. Well, stress really steals confidence because if we are agitated and emotional, then our ability to, as you said at the beginning, which I thought was beautifully said, tune in, get in alignment with who we are and what we feel and need and believe about ourselves. If we're out of alignment with that because of stress, then we can't confidently make the choices that we need to make. So getting mm. back to that place of alignment and working with the stress in different ways is going to help people get back on their, their confidence horse so that they can make more organic and good choices for themselves. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So we're going to go to break. Um, and when we come back, let's talk about what kinds of things can people do to regain their confidence? Um, okay, so because now we're in it, we, we know it, we see it, we feel it, it's affecting our confidence. What kinds of things, what kind of practices, what kind of stuff can people use today to kind of help them to feel better about it in their bodies, since, since you're a somatic therapist? Okay, Carol? That's great. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with confidence expert, Carol Ward, and we will be right back after these messages. 
Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, Carol, we, we are experiencing all this stuff, a lot of unknowns. We've been under a lot of stress. It, it causes us to react in ways and respond in ways that, that don't necessarily serve us. And that knocks down our confidence. Like, oh, I messed up again. Oh, look, I was so harsh with this person. I really shouldn't have been harsh with that person. What kinds of things can people do to start to regain their confidence and help them to feel like they're moving in a better place. Yeah. You know, I always think it's good to understand what you need. So some people, when it comes to confidence, need the how to, and some people need the how come. Uh, Right. It, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I've had people come to me and literally say to me, look, I know what has caused me to, lack confidence in the past. What I'm looking for when I coach them is the concrete steps to move forward. I'm ready for that. That's mm. one path. The other path is I know what I need to do, but something's in my way and I'm mm. struggling with what that is. That's the how come piece, how come. Mm. And that's usually an emotional psychological piece. So there's that, there's those that's two areas but to get to the answer of what it is for you, there needs to be a tuning in and a calming down of the stress. Right. Now, one way is to literally do some sort of breathing. There are many, many techniques out there. I, I have a breathing technique that I offer people, which is breathing and, and a little bit of isometric exercises with oh. the fingers and just to let your listeners know, they can get that free exercise on my website. It's a, it's a free download. How wonderful. So that's a kind of calming down stress. But then there are other people, Sam, who don't want to calm down to calm down. They need mm. to do something that's much more invigorating to mm. calm down. So I always, need to I, work out yeah, the energy. They need to work out the energy. And I, I, I share this story from my first book where I worked with someone who was going through a very bad breakup and she was in a lot of pain, but she was really angry. And mm. she said to me, you know, everyone tells me to do yoga and to breathe and to help me calm down. I don't want to do it. And I said, okay, you don't have to, what do you want to do? And I said, tune in. What is your body telling you it needs right now? 
And she sat for a moment and she said, I want to kickbox. And I said, go for it. Go for it. And she did. And she ended up feeling empowered and confident because she matched what her body was telling her she needed to do to feel grounded. Other people, it is yoga or meditation. Some people, it's running. Some people, it's... Yeah, going for a hike in the woods. Exactly. So stress relief, relieving, is very individual. Mm. But I... And if people say, well, how do I know? What do I, how do I figure out for the more agitating emotions like anger or irritation or frustration, usually releasing some kind of more forceful Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. or sadness for feeling melancholy, for feeling Mm. anxiety, something that soothes the nervous system can be a good Mm. choice. These are broad categories, but those are good places to start. A lot of people have experienced loss over the last couple of years, whether it's loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of a home. Uh, dealing with loss, it, uh, is it also like kind of all over the place? Or, or would you say like there are certain more sort of common themes that you see with loss in terms of how to deal with it? Well, you know, we're not such a great society for allowing people to experience <laughs> loss, right? I'm right. sure you. I'm sure you know this. We we tend to put labels on it. We tend to put a time frame on it. Well, it's been a year. It's been six months and you should be fill in the blank. Right. Whereas loss for some areas of our life is a lifelong process. Yeah. And I think people have a a fallacy about, well, if I'm grieving, I should be grieving heavily, deeply all the time. That's what grief is. Mm. And that's not necessarily the case. Grief Mm. has a a path to it, a a journey to it. And often grief emerges more acutely after the shock wears off, which goes back Mm. to what we were talking about before. COVID put us all into a state of shock and we got numb And then we did things in order to get ourselves together enough to function for the next year. Well, the shock is wearing off. And now the grief and loss is coming up for people. And they might say, well, I lost that person or I lost my job or I lost that situation a year ago. Why am I, why do I feel sad now? It's, It's the time for it to come up. So I think finding someone to talk to or finding a group to land with and and hear other people share experiences, you know, I I think it's an an underutilized resource, but some people can't afford to see a therapist or a counselor. And I always say, check out the 12-step programs. Al-Anon is a great program. For people, it's not about a substance. It's about people. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a great program to, to use if finances mm. are tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Like I'm thinking of, I have a very good friend of mine who lost her son, who OD'd um, just, you know, three three, four months ago. And he had just graduated from college. He had job prospects. I mean, things were going so well, but internally he was suffering and he was self-medicating and then he just overdid it. And, and she was so close to him. She, she was so uh, uh, tight with him that it's so devastating. And she went and lived with her sister for three months and she came back and, and I could see like, still the, the grief is so present. And I know like, this is going to take her a long time. This is not something she's going to get over in a week, a month, or even a year. That's right. And I think people are afraid of grief of how to, how to negotiate or how to interact with someone who's grief stricken. And mm-hmm. you talked about it again. You talked about humanity to be able to say to someone, I don't know what to say to you. My heart is broken for you. I'm going to, I'll sit here with you. I will, you can call me. I'll call you. 
Right. Even if you don't pick up the phone, because we often fall into that, well, I'm here for if you need me, but the person right. who's grief stricken doesn't have the emotional energy to take right. action. Again, right. it's very insular grief and it's very yeah. heavy. So right. if we make the call, if we send the email and say, I'm here, I'm, I'm checking in on you. If we run into them in person to just share right. our awkwardness but our heart with them mm -hmm. because sometimes people say, Oh, if I don't, I don't want to talk about it. So that person doesn't right, you know, get upset. Isn't bring it up for them. They're in it. You're they're yeah. in it. <laughs> and sometimes they even feel more lonely when people step away. So saying right. I, I I'm here for you in any way I can. And you know, the, the other thing hearing you talk about that also brings up to me is also validating how that person feels because so often, right, it's a natural instinct that when someone says, oh, that uh, I, I hate this, it hurts, da, da, da. And we're like, oh, don't worry, it'll get better. It's yes. like, you know, we're trying to make them feel better instead of saying, you know what, you're right, this sucks. That's right. And, and I've noticed that when I uh, say that to people, it's like, you're right, this really sucks. This is awful. This is horrible. There's like a sense of relief that that someone actually sees them and, and can empathize that what they're going through is difficult. That's so true. I mean, in all my years of being a therapist and a coach, I think if I could, I could distill it down, what people want is to be seen and heard. Yeah. They want to be seen and heard. Just, and just you describing that, taking someone in, saying through thought, word, and deed, I see you and I hear you talk yeah. to me, share with me. Yeah. And that, believe it or not, goes right back to the area of confidence. Because if we feel mm. that we're being seen by others and actually by ourselves, mm -hmm. we can then start to take those steps toward confidence building, which yeah. is a lifelong process, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we've been talking about a lot of stuff and you keep kind of bringing it up, but we haven't really focused on the aspect of the somatic side of it, the body side of it. You know, we did a little bit with the releasing of energy, but, you know, sometimes I feel like in, in Western society, we're so all up in our heads, like everything is very mental. But uh, as you found, and I think many practitioners find, like so much is stored in the body. It, it's in the cells of the body. It's in the nervous system. It's in the physicality. And we need to include the body into whatever kind of practice we're doing to deal with this stuff, don't we? We absolutely do. And again, it is a, it's a process. That's the thing about change and shifting is that people think, oh, I get the concept, I get the idea, and then I make the change. As opposed to there is a confidence building process. There is a body mm. connection process that happens through taking the time to notice what you're feeling when you're mm. feeling it or mm. to think back like, oh, I shouldn't have made that decision. Can mm. I think back and tune into how I was feeling when I did? Yeah. So it's, it's doing a little bit of that homework. And then there's some other exercises that people can do to start tuning into their body, which are really, yeah. really helpful. Yeah, I want to I want to dig into that a little bit more, because I know a lot of people have a hard time feeling what their feelings are. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit more about what can people do to really feel their body and feel their feelings in their body so that they can at least be present to it. And then what kind of exercises or practices they can do. And if we have time, I'd like to prognosticate a little bit about moving forward and, and where you see us going. Okay, Carol? Sure. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern right here on talkradio.nyc. And we will be right back with Carol Ward after these messages. 
Join us every Tuesday at 4pm Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses and experts in psychology and behaviour to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour. So, Carol, um, lots of times when I'm talking to people, and and it's almost kind of funny that like I can see their feelings, the way they're holding their body and they're moving and this. And if you ask them, they say, I don't feel anything. How do we help people who it, it's almost like we're almost scared to feel what we're feeling? How do we help people to tune into what actually is going on with their body and feel that? Well, I have this very simple and fun exercise in my first book, Find Your Inner Voice. And it sounds so basic, but I say to people, I want you to work with good feelings, bad feelings. And I will tell Mm -hmm. people to sit down and this is good feelings. I want you to imagine all the wonderful things that you like in in life, your dog, your partner, your child, a beautiful sunset, a beautiful meal, and just notice how you're noticing that. Hmm. So people will say, oh, you know, my chest feels warm and my, my shoulders drop down. So it starts to cue you to know that your body knows how it responds to good feelings. Then I tell them to switch it out. Let's talk about some bad feelings, that, you know, leftover cold meal, that terrible boss you had, that horrible rainy day. And people will say, ooh, my shoulders are tensing, the back of my neck is starting to tingle. And I'll say, you actually are now starting to wake up your body and remind you Have your body remind you that you actually do and are continually having reactions to things in your environment. And I tell people to just practice that exercise on and off every day till they start to get fluid in it so that the the next time when they are, I'm going to make something up, going out on a, a blind date and as they meet that person their chest gets warm and their shoulders relax and they think, oh, this is a nice positive experience, even though I might be nervous. Or the other side, gee, this person on paper looks great. My friend said this person was great, but they are actually not feeling right to me. How do I know that? Tense neck, flipping stomach. So this is a way to start taking that basic exercise and applying it in the real world. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. I'm glad you brought up this idea of relationships because I think this is something a lot of people are struggling with right now. Um, and I've heard it a lot from people that number one, like people who are not in a relationship who want to be in a relationship and they're having a hard time meeting somebody or people who are in a relationship and it's not that good and they, they feel like they want to end it, but because things are so isolating, they, they would rather have somebody than anybody. What can we do when we're kind of stuck in this place of like, uh, you know, I, I want more relationships, I want more connection, but I'm just not sure how to get it. How can we build up our confidence so that we can make the appropriate choice in those types of situations? Well, the, the first thing is to normalize it, right? Everyone's mm. feeling this way. I think people tend to go, oh, everyone's meeting everyone or everyone has a great mm. relationship. Not the case. You know, I worked as a therapist for many years and what we see in social media, I say it's, <laughs> it's not what's behind the curtain, right? right? So that it's important to first get a reality check. And this is just a side note. Whenever you're feeling bad, do not hang out on social media, it will yeah. not make you feel better. <laughs> it's, it's not designed for that, as we know. So I, I think to re to get in touch with, okay, what, what do I want in terms of a partner? I know it sounds very basic. What do I want? How do I want to meet them? What, what, what do I, what do I uh, care about? Where, how do I want to connect? And then to realize that as you Make the attempt because it will take effort. It's the recognition you want it. And then the effort. If you want to meet someone, how do you want to meet them? Online, in person? Do you want to start going to events? So it means putting yourself out and be willing to be open to the idea that you're open to meeting someone. And I did this exercise once. I, I, it wasn't about meeting someone, but I wanted to see if I could connect to people on the elevator who, cause mm -hmm. we're all on our phones. Right. So this is when I had my office and I got on and I, and this was my rule. If someone made eye contact with me, first of all, I never used my phone in the elevator. If mm -hmm. someone made eye contact with me, I would say, hi, how's your day going? And people were startled. But yeah. often people would engage <laughs> with me or I would smile depending on your comfort level. Yeah, yeah. So I would, so there was this, there was this warming up or I tell people, if you are shy and you want to meet someone, start practicing with strangers. You're in the city. We have a lot of us have doormen or door women mm -hmm. start to say hello, start to interact, say hello to the bus driver, whatever, start making connection. So that you get used to being open to being open mm. to meeting someone. So that is right. one way to just get get into the habit and don't try right. to jump to the to the brand new relationship before you've allowed. We go back to that word process, the process of right. connection. Right. And that sounds like something valuable to keep in mind just in general, like as things are opening up more and things start to, I don't want to say get back to normal, but start uh, uh, moving from, from the pandemic era to the post pandemic era of like just stepping out, going to restaurants, starting to travel, starting to do these things of take it easy. You don't have to jump in all at once. Right. That's right. It's that easing in and, and to answer the question about like to about what about if you're in a relationship that's, that seems to be off, mm -hmm. I always recommend that you have conversations about things being off, not in the heat of the battle, uh. right? When you're both relaxed, when you're sitting down to say, you know, I, I, I want to talk with you and um, I really need the space to, to, to share my thoughts. Can we, can we do that? Let's, let's do it. And then to bring it up in a very neutral way mm -hmm. so that you're not like screaming at the top of your lungs in the middle of an argument going, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I want to be with you. Arguments exaggerate feelings. So let's, mm -hmm. let's have those conversations when things are more neutral. Yeah. 
and you're relaxed. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, time just flies. I can't believe the show's almost over. It's been such, such a pleasure having you on. So, so just real quickly, and I do want to give you time to give out your contact information. Um, moving forward, like the post pandemic world, what do you feel will be our biggest challenge and, and what can we do to meet it? It is that reconnection. It is that emerging out into the world. So the way to address that is to not just go, well, things are back and I'm just going to step out the way that I used to because we're all different. But every day before you do go out into the world to prepare yourself Mm. to go out into the world, to say to yourself, Mm. people are overreactive right now. I need to be mindful of my own reaction and not take on every single battle out there. So to prepare to reemerge as if it is a whole new phase and era. And it is. And Mm -hmm. that is a much gentler, more compassionate way of treating ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Carol, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you on your show. Great to reconnect and and to see you. I'm glad to see you. You're looking well. Um, if, if people want to learn more about you, find out more, get that free gift, where can they go? How can they get in touch with you? On my website, Carol with a K, as you know, K-A-R-O-L ward.com. And on the homepage, there'll be a little section that says what is exactly what we talked about. Stress steals confidence, but you can steal it back. And there's mm. a free audio download set to original music that people can opt in to get. So that is there for all of your listeners. Wonderful. Wonderful. I highly, highly recommend you take advantage of it. Her website again is Carol K O R A L Ward W A R D dot com. Yes, K A R O L. A R O L. Excuse me. It's <laughs> all right. The dyslexic days these days. I understand. Anyway, thank you so much, Carol. I I, I wish you, you know much success and and it was a pleasure to reconnect and uh, i'd be happy to have you come back in the future at some time my pleasure sam happy to come back okay wonderful and and thank you my loyal listeners for tuning in today i hope um this helped to give you some ideas of, of building your confidence and just being aware of what's affecting your confidence and uh i i hope you if you missed any part of today's show make sure to catch us either uh the recordings afterwards on talkradio.nyc or you can find us on all of the major podcasting platforms apple google stitcher spotify pandora uh, iheart radio we're everywhere um so please check it out and Please don't keep us a secret. Um, Please feel free to share this episode with your friends, your family, people you know, your colleagues who you think might benefit from this uh, episode. Um, Next week, we have another amazing guest. Uh, You're going to have to stay tuned to find out who it is because I don't have my notes in front of me right now. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. 
That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. podcast gateway to the smokies it airs on talkradio.nyc every tuesday night from 6 p.m to 7 every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the great smoky mountains national park and surrounding areas this show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture history and adventure that awaits you in the smokies tune in every tuesday from 6 p.m to 7 on talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 